This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. At the recommendation of Stephen Manfredi with Manfredi Strategy Group, we have with us today Rahil Raza from Toronto. She's a member of the Clarion Project Advisory Board, president of the Council for Muslims Facing Tomorrow, a founding member of the Muslim Reform Movement, author of the book Their Jihad, Not My Jihad, award-winning journalist, public speaker, and advocate for human rights, Rahil Raza of Toronto. Let's first talk about this Clarion Project Advisory Board. What do you do with that? Well, the Clarion Project is a not-for-profit. It's like a think tank, and they uh, <clears throat> excel in exposing the dangers of radical Islam throughout the world. They do this through documentaries, podcasts, essays, uh, opinion pieces, and um, I, they uh, expose extremists, but they give voice to a liberal progressive Muslims like myself, those who are trying to reform, uh, bring reform from within Islam. And I'm on their advisory board. I work with them. I have been part of their documentaries, and I spread the message. All right, let's talk a little bit about your message, Rahil Raza. I understand that you condemn radical Islam terrorism. Let's talk about what you stand for. Yes, absolutely. Um, I am a practicing observant Muslim, but I practice the spiritual aspect of my faith, just like any other faith. I believe in separation of mosque and state. Um, I believe in human rights and human dignity, and I believe that the change that has to come has to come from within the faith of Islam, like any other reform movement, and we have to speak out, and unfortunately, uh, many people don't speak out because uh, one they're afraid of the, the, the pushback from the extremists, and um, also uh, they're influenced by various organizations uh, to uh, indulge in a victim ideology no matter what happens. And uh, we have taken it upon ourselves. I have an organization called the Council for Muslims Facing Tomorrow, which uh, speaks about uh, living in the West. Uh, being cognizant of uh, the values of a liberal, liberal democracy, small and liberal, and uh, gender equality, uh, you know, respect for everyone, no matter what they believe, whether they're believers or whether they're non-believers, and uh, the freedom to speak out uh, openly and honestly about the problems that have beset the Muslim world today. Okay, let's talk about challenges for Muslims. You're the president of the Council for Muslims Facing Tomorrow. What are these challenges in the future, the next 10, 20, 30 years? Well, the challenges are, first of all, it's important to understand that the Muslim world today is largely influenced by by three sources. And these three sources are the Salafi Wahhabi ideology, which stems from uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, there is the Khomeiniism, which essentially is a Shia ideology, stems primarily from Iran, and the Muslim Brotherhood, which is spread all over the world. Now, the, uh, f- for Muslims, it's uh, you know not difficult to see what is happening with the Salafi Wahhabi ideology because they're 
quite open in their aggression, you know, the terrorism, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, they're all propagating this ideology. And we know that when a terrorist attack happens, uh, you know, who these people are, the 9-11 hijackers were largely from Saudi Arabia, and they were propagating this ideology, and this has been going on for about 50 years now. And it has been exported to all parts of the world on the backs of billions of petrodollars. Now, the other two, Khomeinism and Muslim Brotherhood, they work together. And they are the more dangerous of the three because they uh, may not propagate open violence, but they are dangerous about how they want to infiltrate Western society our governments, our institutions, and, and they have been very successful in doing this. Uh, they work in very clever ways within the law, within the system. But the aims of these three sources are the same. It is to control Muslim populations all over the world, to control Muslim psyche, to impose Sharia laws uh, wherever Muslims are living, whether it's in the West or in the Muslim world. And uh, this, uh, of course, has been going on, again, for about 50 years, ever since uh, Khomeini went back to Iran and announced that he was going to export the revolution. Iran and Saudi Arabia are both two countries that have billions of petrodollars at their disposal, and they use that money to export this ideology outside of the country. And these are the challenges we face, and of course, being a Muslim woman, I face even more challenges because the idea of a Muslim woman uh, speaking out is something that uh, affects their ego. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the pushback against me is because I am a woman speaking out. We're learning a great deal from Rahil Raza, the author of the book, Their Jihad, Not My Jihad. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the thrust of this book. Uh, apparently, you are condemning a violent, extreme, uh, Muslim, radical behavior. Let's talk about that. Rahil Raza, author of the book, Their Jihad, Not My Jihad. Well, after 9-11, I watched in horror as the ideology that is coming from these three sources that I mentioned as it started growing in the Western world. Now, I had left my native country of Pakistan to come to Canada and settle here with my family because I want to embrace the values, as I said, of, of a liberal democracy and the freedom that I get in these countries. But to my horror, I saw that much of the ideology that I had left behind was infiltrating into these countries. And when the 7-7 attacks happened in London, England, that is when I wrote the book, Their Jihad, Not My Jihad, because, um, you know, everybody was talking about the problem, but they were not pinpointing the root cause of where this is coming from, which is, a, you know, a misinterpretation of our scripture, which is the Quran, and a misunderstanding and a misapplication of it. And also, uh, the Western leaders, because of their interest in oil and the amount of funding that was coming from these oil-rich countries, uh, they were not addressing this issue head-on. And so, uh, you know, there was a so-called war on, on terrorism after 9-11. But look at where we are today. Uh, was that, war, uh, you know, war on terrorism successful? I think not. Uh, 
because, you know, if you are just uh, putting out fires as they happen and not going to do the root cause of what the cancer is, then it's never going to solve the problem. Now, anyone who is a doctor will tell you that if there is a virus, uh, you have to identify it, you have to isolate it, and then you have to find a cure for it. But we have had leaders in the Western world who, for either political correctness or for vested interest in this whole issue of uh, oil and and the funding involved, were not willing to speak out against where the root causes of this ideology were emanating from. So it has grown, and the extremists and the radicals have been strengthened uh, where they now openly uh, declare that they have uh, they are at war with the West, uh, and you know don't take my word for it. This is what they have said that they are at war with the West and its values, and they will destroy in any way that they can uh, from within by infiltrating, by attacking, and they have succeeded to a great extent. Very good. We're learning a great deal from the author of Their Jihad, Not My Jihad, which is condemning radical Islamic violence and terrorism. Our guest is the author of this book, Rahil Raza, from Toronto, Ontario. Special thanks to Stephen Manfredi for recommending this program. If you're listening in Toronto, Buffalo, or northern Florida, drop us a note as we blanket 17 states and much of Canada and have received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand. Please write to Brian Rusk, The Rusk Report, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guest, Casimiro Rodriguez, Hispanic leader, in New York State, Jordan Mulligan with Muskoka Tourism, not far from Rahil Raza, and also Mickey Kearns, Erie County Clerk. So drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. A little plug here, ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454. They have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. A little bit more information about Rahil Raza, author of the book, Their Jihad, Not My Jihad. Rahil Raza speaks at places of worship, the private sector, school boards, and government institutions. She has been invited to the parliaments of Sweden, United Kingdom, Israel, and to Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. In her pursuit for human rights, Rahil Raza is accredited with the United Nations Human Rights Council in Geneva through the Center for Inquiry, CFI, our guest today. Now, one thing that you've been working on is women's equality. 
apparently these radical Islamists don't believe in that. Let's talk about women's equality. Rahil Raza. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Um, as you mentioned, I am a human rights activist, and a large part of my work involves uh, equality for women in Muslim-majority societies. Now, uh, you are right, the radicals and extremists don't believe in equality of women, but I do understand that the reform and the change that has to take place within Islam uh, is now being uh, spearheaded by women who live in countries where they have the freedom to speak out, to write, to do research, and to demand their place in society. I mean, this is not something that we have to depend on human beings to give us. Uh, you know, for example, in Saudi Arabia, they did not allow women to drive uh, till last year, which is ridiculous. We're living in the 21st century. Uh, we don't need permission for our freedoms. And so our freedoms are our God-given rights, and I fight very hard not only for my own freedom, but for freedom for other Muslim women so that they can be equal partners in society. If you oppress more than 50% of the population, obviously there's going to be um, an impact of that. Now, uh, you know, women are the mothers, uh, they are the nurturers, they are the ones who teach their sons whether to become uh, loyal, caring, compassionate citizens of the country or to become jihadists. And so it is a very important role, and I don't think that people uh, truly understand how important the education of uh, women in these countries is. And much of the funding uh, that Western governments give to countries like Pakistan and uh, you know Bangladesh is uh, is um, actually sidetracked and uh, used for radical jihadist purposes instead of uh, education of women. So it's extremely important that, uh, you know, women be educated, that they be empowered to understand what their rights are. And the irony is that Islam 1400 years ago gave women more rights than they are allowed to practice today. You know, Islam gave women the right to ask for marriage, to keep their maiden name, to participate in uh, society, to uh, be part of the mosque. And yet today you look in the Western world, uh, there are mosques that are like a men's club. They don't give women equal space. Uh, so what has happened is that women have now started opening their own mosques. And this is happening across Europe, in uh, America, in Canada. And, uh, you know, this is women taking back the faith and bringing about the reform that is much needed. So I believe that once women are, are edu educated, girls are educated, empowered, that's where the change will come, and we're seeing some of this, these changes taking place. But when you look at countries like Iran, for example, the regime in Iran continues to oppress the women. Uh, I mean, imagine we're in 2018, and women are arrested on the streets of Iran for uncovering their hair. Oh, crazy, they're crazy. They're jailed, they're tortured, yes. So you look at this, and then, you know, you, you under, understand what kind of a mindset they have. It's patriarchy, it's misogyny, it's power, it's control, and they try to pass it off as faith. It has nothing to do with faith. It is all about politics. So if we as Muslims want to regain our legitimacy in the 21st century uh, uh, and we want human dignity for everyone, we must defeat these three ideologies that I have mentioned, Khomeinism, the Muslim Brotherhood, 
and the Salafi Wahhabi ideology. And this is the struggle that we have in our organization and with the Clarion Project to expose the problem, to educate the masses, and then empower from, for change from within. I'd like to mention the website that is uh, condemning this radical Islam terrorism and violence. It's https colon forward slash forward slash clarion c-l-a-r-i-o-n project dot org forward slash about dash us forward slash again it's the clarion c-l-a-r-i-o-n project I'd like to talk a little bit about President Donald Trump and his decision to withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal. I would imagine you think this is a great effort on the part of President Donald Trump. I do believe that it is. Um, It is something, it is extremely important because, again, your listeners must understand what the, the regime in Iran is all about. And there are two sides to it. One, what the regime, which is extremely corrupt and evil, does to its own people in terms of oppressing them. And, uh, you know, I have been accredited with the United Nations Human Rights Council, where I travel three times a year to Geneva, and I have met the dissidents there. I have met the victims. I have met the people from Iran who have told stories about the kind of violent um, uh, treatment of anyone who criticizes the regime. Now, when I speak of Iran, it's important to differentiate between the people of Iran and the regime. It is the regime that is extremely corrupt. The people are clamoring for change, and the change is going to come because all over Iran now, young people are clamoring for change. They want the regime to go. They want individual freedoms. They don't want religion thrust down their throat. And it should not be anywhere uh, that this should be happening. Now, this is a regime that, um, you know, targets uh, the minority communities in Iran uh, and, uh, you know, does not give them equal rights. It targets women. It targets anyone who criticizes them. It targets the LGBTQ uh, communities. And so, uh, you know, they are not... Uh, following the Universal Charter of Human Rights. In fact, when I was in Geneva, uh, the, um, uh, a repertoire was appointed to go and check the human rights violations in Iran, but Iran did not allow that repertoire to come and do this. And so they have uh, clamped down even on media so that the news does not get out. But of course, we live in the world of the Internet, so news does filter out, and there are uh, thousands of um, Iranian, uh, you know, expatriates living in North America who are clamoring for change, but they're afraid because their families are threatened. And the regime may, wants to make sure that nobody speaks out against them and that, uh, uh, you know, nobody criticizes them. But the, so this is one thing, what is happening inside Iran. But far more dangerous is their influence outside the countries and their activities abroad. They finance and uh, they finance terror outfits like Hezbollah and Hamas, and also small, smaller groups of, uh, around North America. They are rapidly propagating their brand of communism across South America. And there was a research paper that was just released which speaks about how much they have influenced the Hispanic communities in South America through innocent and innocuous-sounding TV programs uh, in Spanish. 
And large numbers of the Hispanic community are converting to this uh, form of communism, uh, to this ideology. Then they infiltrate governments and NGOs. They uh, have members of parliament. Uh, they are in, in uh, cahoots with the Muslim Brotherhood in a very unholy partnership. Uh, in many cases, their embassies and the councillor sections are involved in uh, nefarious activities. Uh, we recently, of course, know about the, uh, you know, uh, uh, case of uh, Europe where their embassy has been infiltrated. So uh, they fund uh, and, and they, they supply funding and equipment to the people in Gaza. So they're involved in Syria and Yemen, and, and therefore their influence outside is very, very dangerous. We're learning a great deal from Rahil Raza, the author of Their Jihad, Not My Jihad, Condemning Radical Islamic Violent Terrorism on the Rusk Report. If you're listening in Montreal, South Buffalo, or Manhattan, drop us a note with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN AM 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And again, ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. Our guest today is Rahil Raza, noted author, who is condemning radical Islamic violence and terrorism. A little bit more information about Rahil Raza. She has received many awards for her work on women's Equality, including the City of Toronto's Constance Hamilton Award. Rahil is the voice of Clarion's short film by The Numbers and stars in Honor Diaries. Again, it's the Clarion, C-L-A-R-I-O-N project. Let's talk a little bit more about you as a founding member of Muslim Reformer Movement. What does that all stand for, Rahil Raza? The Muslim Reform Movement is a... Uh, a movement uh, to, again, to bring about reform from within. And the people who are part of it as a, are all practicing Muslims, and we believe that the change has to come from within by uh, endorsing the Universal Charter of Human Rights, by endorsing gender equality, uh, by supporting those who come from a different path, and the idea that everyone, every Muslim, has the freedom to follow the faith the way they want. And it's not something that should be imposed on them from the top down. And uh, we reject any form of violence or terrorism, we reject, uh, uh, you know, political Islam. So when I speak of Islam, I differentiate between Islam as a spiritual faith and Islamism, which is a political ideology that is no different from fascism and communism. You know, when fascism and communism existed, the entire world, Western world leaders came together to fight it. But with Islamism, they hold back because of political correctness, because of fear of being called uh, racist or bigots. And, of course, this is all fanned by the organizations uh, that exist in North America that are part of these, uh, you know, either Muslim Brotherhood, Khomeinism, or the Salafi ideology, and they encourage Muslims uh, not to speak out and to be, uh, you know, much more of the victim 
meant to try and bring about change. So in the Muslim reform movement, we reject this ideology which is political. We believe that faith is a private matter and anyone can practice their faith any way they want. But in the public sphere, we have to be uh, compassionate, we have to be loyal citizens, and very importantly, we must follow the law of the land in which we live, which, by the way, is an Islamic concept that we as Muslims are told we have to follow the law of the land in which we live unless it forces us to go against our faith, which it doesn't. We have religious freedom in North America, and it empowers us to speak out against those facets of uh, our faith that are directly against human dignity and human rights, and we have to speak out. We have to look at religion through the lens of human rights and not the other way around. So if there is any faith that is propagating any kind of uh, tenets that are against human rights, we must stand up and say, no, this is wrong. And the change, of course, has to come from within, so we as Muslims uh, should be the first ones to condemn uh, any act that is taking place from within our faith. We should not be embarrassed to say that we have a problem and we need to find solutions for it. And that is what the Muslim Reform Movement is about. We have a minute left on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520. The sanctions that are on Iran again, I imagine you are very much in for for this so that we squeeze this oppressive government out in Iran. Is that right? Yes, absolutely right. And other Western leaders should also follow suit and not do business as usual with a regime that is known for its uh, violence, for its corruptness, for, for being an evil regime, and they should be cognizant that uh, you know these sanctions are important because that is the only way that they will understand that business as usual cannot go on unless they change the way they deal with their own people and unless they change their um, uh, ideology abroad. Very good. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a a close. Uh, Again, special thanks to Stephen Manfredi of the Manfredi Strategy Group for recommending our guest. We have learned a great deal from the author of Their Jihad, Not My Jihad, Rahil Raza. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production for the last 15 years. And again, any thoughts or comments, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN AM 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And again, you can look up more on this Clarion Project, C-L-A-R-I-O-N Project, at HTTPS, clarionproject.org, about us, and you can see all about what Rahil Raz is doing to promote human rights. Thank you for edging, uh, educating us uh, about the evil of radical Islam terrorism, Rahil Raza. Have a great week. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving, and you also have a great week.